0: Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today.
1: Welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Lisa McNeely. My pronouns are she and her. I'm your host for Spotlight on Recruiting. Our show today, Hiring an HR Consultant, Here's What to Know. Uh, We're going to be discussing how you can identify and partner with great HR consultants and firms, um, and I'm really excited to welcome Mara Howard to the show. Hi, Mara. So welcome, Hi there. and thank, thank you Lisa. for being on the show. Yeah. I'm so excited. Um, I think before we get started, what I want to do is why don't you just take a minute and share with our listeners just a little bit about yourself. You've got some really crazy, exciting, and wonderful things going on in your life. So why don't you take a minute?
2: Thank you. I appreciate that. So I have spent over 20 years in the recruiting and staffing um, space and fell in love with the industry pretty early in my career. And, um, and just I'm a natural networker, a natural connector, and so to find something that allowed me to kind of take the things that I have a lot of passion for and make a living out of it seemed um, pretty, pretty uh, well aligned. And so the last 10 of those years I specialized in the uh, consulting uh, space within HR, human resources. And um, last year, about a year and a half ago, I had the opportunity to talk with some former colleagues who were launching a business, and they wanted myself and one of my longtime colleagues and friend, friend Danielle Thurl, to join them and stand up an HR consulting practice. So we uh, left what we were doing. We had We took a year off. Had a lot of fun uh, in our time off, which confirmed to me that I'm nowhere near ready to retire, and I have a lot of exciting things left that I want to do. So two weeks ago, we officially launched um, Relect HR. We are in the human resource staffing and consulting space. Uh, Relect started two years ago in the accounting and finance consulting space, so it's a really nice addition to their service and their business. And um, here we are. We are already having amazing response uh, to the practice and starting to pull together uh, some really great uh, consultants with our clients. So off to a, to a running start. We take a lot of pride in how we vet and, and match the talent uh, to the organizations we work with. That's fantastic. So, and just
1: for our listeners to know, I mean, you just launched the HR side of this, what, two
2: weeks ago, maybe? Week ago? How long, when did the, the two, HR part yes. of the practice yeah, technically April 11th, was we were LinkedIn official, which I think is a thing now. At least I'm making it a thing. <laughs> and, um, but you know between Danielle and I, we have boy over 30 years of doing this together. And so a lot of amazing network uh, and connections that we've been able to leverage pretty quickly. And, and because Berlect already had the infrastructure in place, it allowed us to step right in and, and start doing what we love to do. Yeah, fantastic. And I know for you, like you've
1: been a practice HR practice leader um doing this type of work for like over like fifteen years in the industry. Right? Is yep. exactly. Yeah. Same with yeah. same so, with Danielle. Yeah. Yeah, well congratulations on the, the the new venture and uh um so let's do this. So what we're gonna be discussing today is um how to identify and partner with not good but great HR consulting firms, um, because I do think there's a difference between good and great, right? Um, Absolutely. So let's start with this, because I think for some of our listeners, they may not know, um, you know, what the difference is between like a consult, an HR consulting firm that provides interim or contract versus placement, say, like a headhunting firm. Um, So let's just start there, and maybe you can just explain like what the differences are
2: um, for our listeners. Yeah, that's a great question. I get it a lot. Um, interim or contract recruiting, we focus a lot on interim roles and project-based needs within our clients. And so what the client needs is someone that can be there for a finite number of months or, you know, typically not not over a year, but where they need to get something very specific done. They're looking for a specific expertise they either don't have on their team or don't have to have the bandwidth. Their team doesn't have the bandwidth to take that on. And so at Burlecht, for example, we work with consultants that have chosen to pursue that as a career. They want to be consultants. They've left full-time jobs to pursue that path. And I think that's an important uh, differentiator because if a client has a need and they need to get something done, they need to know that that person's not going to leave them halfway through a project um, because they found a a permanent role. So that's, that's important the way we vet out talent. The placement recruiter typically is looking to take a candidate out of a full-time job and move them into another full-time job. Um, And that's a very – it sounds the same on the surface to a lot of people, but it is really different. And I'm a a big believer that um, specialization in those two areas can really create a much stronger and more efficient outcome uh, for both the candidate and the client. It's a really different candidate pool, you know, the people that are looking to stay in contract or those that are looking – or more direct hire placement in a company. And so, like I said, that's important for the client to understand. And the pace, anybody who's done both knows that the pace of the two needs are very different. Uh, Contract placements tend to move much more quickly uh, compared to direct hire placements or headhunting placements. Right, right.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, in terms of, like, um, you're thinking of, you know, someone is, you know, taking a sabbatical Uh, someone's going out on medical or maternity leave, um, and it's a short-term type of contract, like you said, you know, usually less than a year, um, where they're stepping in to, you know, so really the kind of folks that you're looking for for these type of roles are folks who can, you know, quickly hit the ground running um, and just step in and, you know, make an impact right away.
2: Absolutely. And so as we're vetting out talent at Reluct, we're looking not only for a skill set. I mean, the skill set in a lot of ways is the easy part, right? We can tell if someone has a strong HR background or a specialty within HR. What we're looking for is the EQ, right? Can they jump in, learn the culture of an organization quickly, figure out how to kind of avoid the landmines, stay out of the politics, um, and build rapport and trust very quickly so uh, the client can have confidence in what they're able to contribute and get done. And some of it is uh, more interim, like you're referring, someone is going on a leave or there's an open spot and they need that spot filled until they find the long-term solution. And then some of it is more project-based. Maybe you need to rebuild your compensation strategy and grading. Maybe you need to do an HRIS implementation. Um, Maybe it's some change management related to that. So they can be either more project-based or interim. All
1: right. Yeah. No, so I guess my, my question for you, and I don't know this, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here because you may not know, Give, especially given, you know, you just launched like two weeks, maybe based on the last like 15 years that you've been in the industry. What's the, probably one of the top two things that an organization is coming to you for help with as far as HR?
2: But is there a top two or is it really just kind of across the board? Yeah, I think there are typically two or three that fall to the top. And the answer to that question changes based on trends in the market. So, for example, early in the pandemic, um, you know, we were in emergency response mode with our clients, right? They were needing to put together plans to bring essential workers back to work. And there was no playbook for that. HR people had never thought about things like taking temperatures of employees and asking for help and medical history and, and things that they just never envisioned they'd be doing. And then once that settled, and I think it was incredible the way HR stepped up and really took the companies on their back to make that happen, um, then the recruiting needs exploded for a while. I, you know, of all the years I've done this, I've never seen the needs for recruiting increase that quickly and and to that extent. Now we're seeing more in the total rewards space, and I'm using that pretty Mm. broadly because what they're trying to do is work with leaders and, and their human resource business partners to... Create more attractive packages to attract and retain their strong employees. Um, things that they, things like mental health programs, which I think HR had never really thought about as the, as a top recruitment um, strategy. Also, employee engagement and the future of work. Clearly, the pandemic has changed so much for employees, both personally and professionally. And HR is trying to figure out how to meet talent where they are. And that pendulum is a little bit all over the place from. No, I want an office to come into. I can't be in my house any longer. To, I can't ever go back to an office. Please don't make me. So, figuring out what that looks like and how to meet meet the the employees where they are, whether they're trying to attract that talent or retain that talent. that no, will be well, probably the um, two right now.
1: Yeah, and that makes you know 100. percent I mean, makes sense completely, um, especially you know given just the, like you had already said, changing dynamics. Um, so I guess, you know, my, my first question, well, this is actually not my first question, but my second question, maybe once my third question, gosh, I can't even keep track, um, <laughs> is if I am if I am an organization, um, and I've identified that I have a need, um, maybe it is in the total award space or, you know, something, you know, what's the best way for me to identify, um, an HR consulting firm, what what
2: steps would I take? I think the best a person can do is start with their network, right? Reach out and find out who has worked with firms or consultants before, specifically in the area or discipline they're trying to find that individual and tap into their network. Find out who's used whom, who had good experiences, where did they not maybe have such great experiences, and then from there maybe take the top two or three and reach out Learn more about who that organization is, and really get that kind of gut feel of yes, this is somebody I want to partner with. I like their approach, um, but always HR people are so good at this. But starting with their network and and getting that feedback first can be such a, a great way to narrow down versus just googling or trying to find it. Yeah. No,
1: it's funny because it's, it's very similar to recruitment, right? We love referrals. We love referrals. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, um, and referrals from um, – and I think, you know, we, we should add this in here as well because we had actually had a show in the past um, uh, with Culture Grit. What they do is we had talked about diversity suppliers. Um, and, um, and so when you're asking for those referrals is, you know, kind of thinking about um, who you partner with and who is in the market and making sure that, you know, you um, are thinking about, that diversity, and I know that you're you're a women-owned firm as well, um, correct? Correct. Yes, correct. So yeah, so so thinking about you know just um, not in just like as far as your referrals, but thinking broadly, um, which um, we actually I I we I have so many questions because, um, but before um, before I give you my next question, we're actually going to take a minute um, to. Um, uh, recognize one of our sponsors and partners, uh, so don't go away because uh, we have more questions for Mara um, because um, I think this is a, a topic that a lot of our listeners are wondering, like, you know, have needs um, and are like, where do I start and where do I begin? So don't go away. Um, so Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, Microsoft. The Microsoft mission is to empower every person and organization on the planet to achieve more. Microsoft believes technology is a powerful force for good and are working to foster a sustainable future where everyone has access to the benefits and opportunities created by technology. Microsoft believes technology can and should be a powerful force for good and that meaningful innovation can and will contribute to a brighter world in big and small ways. Thank you for your support, Microsoft, and to all our sponsors and partners. So we're back with uh, Mara Howard. We're talking about um, how to identify great HR consulting firms. Um, so, so, Mara, we've talked about, like, okay, so how do I find – now I've identified maybe three or four um, that I want to talk to. What questions should I be asking these organizations to identify that good
2: versus great? Yeah, absolutely. It should really start with a a strong two-way conversation. The organization should ask things like, how does the firm find their talent? How do they vet it out? So, for example, Danielle and I, for years, we've always really aligned well on how we want to vet out our talent, and, and Brelect aligned so well in their approach as well. We focus a great deal on cultivating those relationships and getting to know our consultants much deeper than just what's on the, their piece of paper, right? We want to understand their goals. We want to understand their why behind choosing a consulting career. We want to get to a lot of the soft skills of can they jump in and, like I said earlier, you know, have that EQ, be able to build that trust very quickly and credibility and explain what they do and how they do it in a way that aligns well with what the client is wanting to do and knowing when it's not, you know, the, the, the exact alignment and being comfortable with that as well and saying, hey, I'm not, maybe I'm not the right fit for this, but let's come up with another solution. Um, and I think the, the client should also talk more about what what do they specialize in, right? Are they, they a generalist firm or a specialist firm? And, of course, because I'm a specialist, I believe in that. And um, I think a lot of our HR clients as well as on our accounting and finance practice within Verlect, they're looking for the specialist relationship, Um And then also, the client should want to know what the firm is asking them, right? There should be a lot of questions that the firm is asking. Are they taking time on the front end to learn about the client's business, about the culture, asking about what outcomes they want to achieve and what kind of goals and metrics um, they're using to define success and what are some of the non-negotiables that they're looking for. And that can give a really good understanding of, how much time and energy that firm is going to take to get to know you and not just start sending you people or solutions without understanding if it's a good fit. Um, no, that's good. That's really good.
1: And I think it, it is so important um, because, right, you just as a, as, as we're talking about, like if I was, you know, uh, say a, a, a small firm and looking for HR consulting support is um, that you're understanding really, really what my needs are, um, and that you have the ability to play that back to me, because I think that that's so important for any project or work uh, to be successful. Right, is um, to ensure yep. that um, there's clarity on both sides, um, and I think that is going to go back to one of the one of the things we're going to talk about a little bit later. Is you know uh, you want to be look for great consulting firms, but you also want to be a great client as well and what are some of the things that they can do for that. So here's one thing that, you know, in my, in, with my firm that I think we get asked a lot, um, and, um, and I know we've kind of talked about it a little bit offline, but, you know, how, um, how can an organization justify the monetary investment? Because I know, like, for, you know, from an HR practice, you know when you need support, but at the same time, HR is a cost center. We're not a revenue mm-hmm. generator. Um, and so when you're having to go to your executive leadership to say, you know, we want to bring in these consultants to help us, you know, what are some of the things that you could help that firm, you know, that, that business in establishing, here's what my ROI will be, here's what our, the monetary investment is, um, and why we should do this?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think one thing I like to ask is what is the cost or ramification of not doing anything? Um, and sometimes that's a a different way to look at it. So some of those themes could be, you know, retention of current staff. Well, that's costly. If you are – someone leaves or you have some gaps in your department and uh, the rest of the team has to take on that work and they're already stressed and fatigued, you're at a higher risk of losing people, and turnover is expensive. And, you know, HR would have good data on that, but those those are important things to look at. Delays in projects can be very costly. And I'll use the example of any sort of HR system implementation. Um, those delays are very costly. And that's a, that, those are pretty easy concrete numbers to run when you think about that. Um, the impact of the business, right? If not, if HR can't deliver on what the business needs from them, then the business can't be successful uh, or move forward in the, you know, their goals they're trying to achieve. So, um, and then obviously the, the less, tangible that HR has to think about is the cost of HR's reputation internally. If they can't deliver, it doesn't bode well for HR. So I think all of those themes can really get my clients thinking about how to package that instead of just it's about HR. Really, how does it, you know, how do we go to the business and say, this is what is best for you, business leaders, and here's how we're going to help you get it done. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, and I think, um, you know, one of the and you've probably heard this as well, and, I, and it, well, I know you have because we talked about it. Is you know you can you you have the ability to say like here's the investment, you know um, here's the results you're going to see, um, and sometimes you know just even from a recruiting aspect, we would get pushback from let's say recruiters. Um, they may be so overwhelmed and they're they're so overworked that leadership is like, hey, we want to bring in some consultants to help you. Um, to do some of this recruiting, whether it's full-cycle recruiting or maybe we're just doing sourcing or, you know, a piece of the recruitment cycle, whatever that is, um, we'll get a little bit of hesitancy from those recruiters because they have a fear of we're coming in to take their job. And it's to be able to say, no, 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 we're coming in to partner with you and make you be the hero to your business line Um, and versus, hey, your business line, they know right now that you're not being successful and we're going to help you come in and be successful. And I think that's part of the conversation, right, that you need to have, um, like, have trust in that partnership that you're having and that you're not coming in here to steal their jobs. You're coming in to make them be the hero.
2: Absolutely. Some of my favorite partnerships over the years have been with talent acquisition, and in some cases it's because we are placing uh, interim resources in recruiting, But sometimes it's in other areas within the HR department. And what I have found is that can be such a great way for talent acquisition to show additional value to their business partners internally to say, you know, while I look for this resource, you know, we want to take time and really vet out who's in the market. Bringing in an interim resource or bringing in a a project resource can allow that recruiting team more time and focus on finding the right fit for their internal HR clients. So those are really fun relationships. And, yeah, we're not there to take their jobs. We're there to make them look better. And those partnerships for me are really fun. I'm I'm pretty partial to TA because I think TA people are super fun to work with, so I'm probably a little bit (laughs) that That kind of relationship, you know, when you talk about a good client, I I love having a partnership with TA and not going around them
1: yeah yeah and I think you know, even like you had said, like if you're doing an applicant tracking system implementation, um you know, I don't know how many h r professionals have actually had to go through that. Um, I think I've done two in my entire career of twenty years, um, and you know, if you can partner with someone who hey we just we just did this like six you know six months ago, um, and you know, prior to that we did it, you know, we've done it with like five other organizations you know, it it makes sense to partner with you because you know what the the challenges are. You know what the roadblocks are. You know the questions to ask. Um, So it just, you know, it just makes sense um, uh, completely. So you had kind of brought this up, you know, already. So what I wanted to talk about is because I think, you know, as we're talking about being successful, um, you know, what, I guess, from an HR firm, we're, you know, turning the tables, what does it take for an organization um, to be a great client? Um, you know, how do you know a client is ready to partner with an HR
2: consulting firm? Absolutely. So there are the easy questions like, do they have budget approval? Are the, stakeho- you know, are the stakeholders sold on this and they, are they involved and the decision makers are all aligned? Those are in some ways the easy ones. Then it's then the next level to me is also have they socialized this with the team, right? I've had, and it doesn't happen often, but I've had times where an HR leader will bring us in on a project and the rest of the HR team wasn't totally sold on the idea of someone coming in. Maybe there's a little bit of a feel of lack of trust or maybe they feel a little bit threatened by this level of expertise and resource. And so um, that's an important piece because it's, Takes a lot of individuals to help make this consultant successful because they're relying on information from people, right? They can't just do that in a silo. So that's more unusual, but that certainly can happen. Um, and that's not what they're there for. They're make, they're there to make the team look better. They're there to take work off their plate. And so usually there is a lot of buy-in on that, and they're excited to have someone around. And it's funny whether whether we think it's right or not, but we've all been in this situation where you bring in a third party who's who's an expert like a consultant and they will bring something up that the team has been trying to say for years. <laughs> and then just because the consultant said it, then everybody's on board. And so sometimes they can be your best advocate uh, to get something done. You've been trying to push over the line. And so that's that's another great reason you know, to bring somebody in. They can help you sell your message. Um, but some of the things that are also. Mistakes is they haven't gotten that buy-in, they haven't gotten uh, final budget approval, um, and they don't always see the value, or they're not even they're not ready to let go of some of that control and let go of some of that information, even though they thought they were, and so that can be something that can cause some roadblocks along the way. Um, when a consultant comes in, it can kind of slow the process down a little bit. Yeah, no, those are great, and I.
1: I think it's um, – I, I work with um, a, a consultant that, like you had said, that sometimes, you know, when you're internal to the organization, you can try and try to do things. But if the consultant comes in and says, you know, this is what we should do, that, that everybody all of a sudden is like, oh, yes, let's do that. Um, and so they come <laughs> in, actually, and the, and the first question they're at, they ask is, so what are you trying to do because um, – you know, before we, like, dig in and start asking all these questions, you've already done all the work, what is it that you need me to say so that we can go ahead and get it done? Um, yeah. And uh, because sometimes that is the case, um, unfortunately. Uh, but, um, and I think you're right. Like, you know, it really it's like, identify, you know, what is the criteria up front, what are your challenges, what are the goals you're trying to meet, and is the team ready for it? Because I know, you know, I've also seen this myself is where you bring in a consultant, but the the group or the, they're not ready for it. So the consultant is doing all this work and, you know, we are getting to that implementation stage and it ends up being not successful because the team is just not ready for it. Um, And so I think it's, you know, it's thinking about like what is it really we want to do and are we ready at this point to bring in someone to help us do that implementation, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and having a good definition around what the role the consultant is compared yes. to what the role of the team is, right? And right, where, right. where is that? There's always a gray area, but let's try to get as much definition around that as possible so we're not stepping on each other's toes. And the consultant really is there to make the client look great, right, to help get done what needs to get done they're not they're not there to to take glory for themselves and you know very very rarely does a consultant want that kind of glory they've had that glory in their day they left that you know corporate ladder for a reason they just want to do good work and they want to add a lot of value and leave it in a better place than where they found it
1: yeah yeah no that's good that's good well um I know we're, like, uh, running out of time. Um, So I have, like, uh, just, you know, really one more question, I guess, for you. And, you know, if you could provide advice, um, what's one thing um, an organization should do if they're considering reaching out to an HR consulting firm?
2: Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think maybe going through that little checklist that we just talked about, right, do they have definition of what needs to be done? Are they – Do they have buy-in, right? Do they have at least a good sense of what the budget should look like? What is their timeline? And really have their ducks in a row to some extent. But at the same time, if they don't feel that they have that, I love to bring our consultants to those meetings to sit down and talk because sometimes just talking to somebody who's done this multiple times, like you said, you know, we have people that have implemented HRIS system 20 times in their career because that is their specialty, so that can be a great resource to say, what am I not thinking about? You know, what what are some of the, what are, how do I organize my thoughts on this? And um, even just getting that kind of direction, that doesn't cost anything to have a conversation. And it can really put a lot more clarity around what the next step should be, which then ultimately gets everybody to a better place before they, they bring somebody in. Yeah. yeah, no, that's great. That's great.
1: Well, Mara, thank you for being on our show today and sharing, you know, these great insights. And, again, congratulations on the new venture. Um, if our listeners want to learn more um, uh, uh, or connect with you directly, um, what's the best way for them to reach you?
2: Yeah, so my email is howard, so M-H-O-W-A-R-D, at brelect, dot com. And we are based here in the Twin Cities, um, the Minneapolis market, but we work with clients all over the country. And we are definitely, as we're continuing to grow and build, looking for both human resource consultants and clients that are looking to bring in human resource consultants as well as um, accounting and finance clients and consultants. So excited to be doing this. Uh, Burlick works very much in our value system and of connected for life building community. I mean, there's also some some great things we're doing. And like you said, we're also a women known and women certified consulting practice.
1: Fantastic. And if they wanted more information about um, Berlect, what's the website for Berlect?
2: Yeah, you caught me here. It is, um, let me grab it. Sorry. No, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no. I don't have that. (laughs) No, you only logged two (laughs) weeks ago. It's okay. It's okay. (laughs) It's (laughs) Berlect.com. B-R-I-L-L ect.com and it's a great okay. website it has all of our contact information and who we each are I'll meet the team so fantastic fantastic and then you can um, follow us on LinkedIn as well great
1: and, and it will also be so it's on the uh, show page so if you go to Women Lead Radio I'm connected with Women of Influence Women Lead Radio um, our show is spotlight on recruiting Mara's information will be there as well along with um, website and email addresses and all of that so I want to give a special thanks to all our listeners, both in the U.S. and internationally. You can listen to more Women Lead Radio on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or our iHeartRadio. We'll be back again for another Women Lead Radio show each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific and Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific. The next Spotlight I'm recruiting will be Monday, June 12th. So to all our listeners, thank you for listening. Go forth and hire, and make me proud.
0: Thank you, Lisa.